Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Relish This Podcast. I'm your host, Stu Swineford, co-founder of Relish Studio. We're a digital marketing agency geared toward helping Colorado nonprofits thrive. And today on the show, we have Brad Appel. He's the executive director at Wish for Wheels. They're a fantastic organization that puts kids on bikes. And we talked a lot about um, some of the challenges that they're having, which are very much focused on supply chain. Um, and supply chain is not one of those things that, that there's a lot of opportunity to affect from a marketing standpoint. But I think that you'll get a lot out of this conversation just listening to how Brad and his team have um, have navigated those waters. So I hope you enjoy it. Here we go. Well, cool. Let's just hop right in. So I'm here today with Brad Appel from Wish for Wheels. You're the executive director over there. And um, you guys do some great stuff to get uh, get put kids on bikes um, throughout the state of Colorado. I don't know if you've expanded outside of the state at this point. Looks like you're not. Yeah. Uh, like yeah, you have, so. yeah. Thank you for the kudos. Thanks yeah. for that. Um, we, uh, we, you know, our, our purpose is to give a brand new bike and a helmet to a second grader in a low income title one school. That's such a great mission. I, I love it. I think that, I think that the, you know, kids on bikes thing has diminished over the years and you could probably speak way more to this, mm. but you know, when you, when I was mm. growing up, at least that was, you know, this rite of passion, pass rite of passage was to just, you know, get on the bike and go ride around the neighborhood. But I think that, yeah. I think that's coming down a little bit. Yeah. yeah it, it really has shifted. And, uh, we, we, we go anywhere in the U S we're national and footprint based in Colorado. So we do most of our giveaways here in the front range, Denver Metro area, uh, we do go Western slope and, you know, we're headed actually up to Fort Collins this coming weekend. We're going to do, uh, our goal is 400 bikes this weekend for every second grader in the Poudre Valley school district. Wow. That's amazing. So we're you, headed up. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You, headed you up get north people this weekend. Build too, right. Is that the, kind of the model? Yeah. So, you know, our model is like a moving target right now because <laughs> COVID and who even knows what's going on. But, um, I like, you know, my big joke right now is every hour is like a different day and, uh, let's hurry up and wait some more because that's what we're doing. But, you know, we, uh, our model is really based on corporate philanthropy, team building, employee engagement, and social responsibility. So companies fund our bikes, then they come with us, they assemble all the bikes then they give all the bikes. So it's a, you know, it's, it, it's soup to nuts on their end. So they get to, they pay for it. It's tax deductible for them. Then they come together, assemble all the bikes with clients or a team build or extended learning. We've done relay races, scavenger hunts. Uh, we will do anything, you know, any event that they want us to put on, we put on that whole event and then they come and they meet every second grader and they help fit helmets and, and bikes for every second grader in a school in their geographic location or a school that they approve. So we go in and every second grader, no matter who that kid is, socioeconomic background, gets a brand new bike and a helmet wow, from that's that company. Amazing. That's fantastic. Yeah. How many yeah. bikes have you guys and you're right in. Oh, um, yeah, we kind of lost count, but, um, you know, I would say over the last 15 years, we've given away about 75,000 bikes. Wow. That's great. That's super cool. So we've given away a lot of bikes. I mean, it's been a long time. Um, and, and, you know, across the board and our bikes last more than a year, you know, our, our, the bike that we give to a second grader last second grade, third grade, and fourth grade. 
And my big joke is if they're my size, fifth grade, and then they, and they pay it forward. And I've had kids ride up on a bike that's six, seven, eight years old. And they'll come over and I'll be like, Hey, where'd you get that bike? Oh, I got it from my cousin. got it from his brother. got it from his sister. got it from this person. My, then my cousin moved from Aurora and they brought it with them and they gave it to us. And then, you know, it's, my cousin's going to get it on the Western slope or my, this person's going to get it. And, you know, we, we, we provide a, a bomb proof Huffy. So, you know, just like most of our first bikes was either a Huffy or a Schwinn. It's, we're now bringing it back full circle. So, and you're right about the kids, not really, you know, riding bikes, biking has declined and is continuing to decline, especially on with younger kids, because parents are afraid to let them out. You know, it's easier to put them in front of a TV. You know, I'm a terrible helicopter parent. So I fly around, you know, chasing my kids around and, and that's really how wish was born because I grew up at the same time that you did Stu, where my parents kicked me out of the house and told me not to come home to the streetlights came on on a Saturday. And my mom's literal line was, there's nothing for you at home today. Go find your friends and don't come home to the streetlights. Come on. That's and, I like, awesome. and I, and some people are like, Oh my God, your mom sounds so mean. No, she was like liberating. Right. Like she empowered me to go out and, and we would go knock on your door. Is Stu home? Is Stu home? Stu, let's go. And then we'd go to the next house. Is Josh there? Where's Josh? Let's get him. That's how we got our friends. Cause we didn't use phones. We only had one phone in the house. My sister right. was on it. So right. <laughs> what was your first bike? Oh, my first, but my first, well, my first real bike, I would say, I mean, I've had bikes my whole life. So, I mean, even when I was like two or three, I was riding around on some form of tricycle, but the first bike that I really remember, I think I was eight years old and my stepdad, um, my, my mom and my stepdad had just gotten married. And as a bonding experience, my stepdad and I disassembled this entire Huffy bike. It was like this banana seat, Huffy bike and we stripped it all the way down. And my, my dad was an electrical engineer. So he we took the whole thing down, uh, you know, down to the bearings. Like I remember taking the bearing cartridge apart. It wasn't even a cartridge back then. Right. It was mm-hmm. like, it was just balls stuffed in the hole. Yep. <laughs> right. So they, uh, so we took the whole bike apart and, and we took two days and we built the whole thing and we spray painted the frame like this purple with a little gold in it to flicker. And we had this sweet new seat that we put on with a sissy bar in the back. And I had these high handlebars. And, um, I think I found that picture. I'll see if I can find it. But, um, I found a picture of us in the driveway, uh, disassembling this whole thing. We built this beautiful bike and then the next day it got stolen. Oh, no way. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So I got a different bike, but, um, (laughs) but I think we took that one apart too. So it was, you know, we, we had, uh, we had, you know, that was my first real memory of Mike, like my first bike, but I had been riding bikes, you know, basically since I was like two years old. I mean, there was a picture of, I remember finding a picture of me where it's probably like 18, 20 months old and I'm on a tricycle. I'm all bundled up in New York weather and I can barely see my face and I just have this old school radio flyer tricycle that says I had like a New York license plate that said Brad on the front. Nice. Awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. You mentioned twins. My mom, my mom was very brand loyal and, Mm. and one of the brands that she just always talked about was Schwinn. And, and I think her first bike was a Schwinn. Actually, I, I, I remember seeing that old bike in, in, in her garage uh, when we'd go visit my grandpa. Um, 
and it was a blue, you know, radio flyer or whatever they called called that yeah. model. And mm-hmm. uh, and my first bike was a was a red Schwinn Stingray, and you know, same thing, yeah. banana seat, and, nice, and ape hangers, and and all yeah. that. And we I we used all to build that. jumps for that thing, and yeah, it was it was great. Yeah. Yeah, we, uh, I went to a, my elementary school was Green Acres and we had this field outside. We would build all these jumps along this or along this dirt parking lot that we had. And that's where we built all the jumps. And every day at 3.30, the Good Humor Man, which was ice cream right. and still is ice cream, but really an East Coast guy, he would come by in his truck <laughs> and he'd ring his bell and, you know, that and that's where and that and we would just spend all day there like after after school every day at like school that out at like 2 30 right from 2 30 to 5 30 almost six and we would all like be like oh my god what time is it who who knows what time it is like nobody had to watch right. definitely no yeah. one had a phone like who even knows what time it was and then all of a sudden like you know we'd panic that it was like six o'clock we had to be home for dinner I had to get home for supper, mm-hmm. get home for supper or else you're in big trouble. So I was lucky. I only lived two blocks from school so I could ride really fast, but that's awesome. All my other friends were late. How did you, uh, how did you get into, into the nonprofit space? Did you, have you always worked in, in uh, kind of purpose driven, the purpose driven world or did you, did you come into it a different way? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I fell into it just the way I think people fall into life in a lot of ways. I, um, no, I, I've always been somebody to give back and serve others. Um, whether, you know, I was growing up and I wanted to, you know, volunteer somewhere or serve others as a boy scout or a cub scout or whatever else I was doing. Um, I was a server. I worked in a lot of restaurants. So, um, but I fell into it because I woke up one day and I was, I was a home builder and I was doing really well and I was, you know, living a really nice life. And I said, wow, I want to give back. Like, I'm grateful for where I am. What, what do I like to do and what can I give back to? And I love bikes. I really like kids and I really like bikes. Um, so like I, that's kind of how wish for real started was I said, well, I really like bikes and I think kids growing up today are not getting bikes. Like, they want Xboxes. They want this. And I read an article about someone who was giving away um, stuff like at Christmas time. And mm-hmm. during the holidays, he would drive into these really low income communities in Houston. And he'd have an Xbox, he'd have a basketball, he'd have a soccer ball, he'd have a bike, he'd have, you know, roller skates. And the bike was always the first thing to go. Like That's before right. anything great. else, everyone was like, I want that bike. I want the bike. I want the bike. Like even before the Xbox or the PlayStation or, you know, whatever. And, uh, I said, wow, I, I can resonate with that. I want to give away bikes. So in 2004, that's how wish started. I was sitting there and I was like, I'm going to give away bikes. Who do I give them to? Like, how do I even do this? What do I, what do I do? And, um, a friend of mine said, well, you should give to kindergartners because they're all the same size. (laughs) Okay. Great idea. Like that's brilliant. Like then I don't have to mess with anything. Like, kindergartners are super cute they're really easy to get to they're all it's a captive audience they're all in school right they're not going anywhere right and the bikes are relatively inexpensive so let's give away kindergartner bikes and uh, we started giving away kindergartner bikes and then we moved to k through two and wish was always just a side gig if you will right. uh, it was something that i did while i was while i was home building and um 
And the first year we did one school, then the next year we did two schools, the next year we did three schools, next year we did four schools. And people were really resonating with our, our purpose and what we were doing and giving away a bike. And we didn't really have a purpose, if you will. We, right. we were really just giving away bikes. Like if you are on my holiday card list, if you, if I knew you, if I saw you in a restaurant, if I didn't know you and I saw you in a coffee shop, I would ask you for money for wish for wheels from January 1st through the, through April 2nd okay. was our funding time. Because that way, whatever whatever money I could bring in for Wish for Wheels from January 1st to April 2nd, that's how many bikes we could give away. And literally, I, I would ask people on the street, hey, do you want to throw in 20 bucks for a kid, for get, get a kid bikes? You know, and people right. are like, sure, here's 20 bucks. Um, and then, um, and then the, like the downturn of the market happened. Um, I, you know, lost everything in home building and I faced divorce, financial ruin. And like, I call it my punch in the face because like five major things happened to me and they all make one big fist. So I got punched in the face and 2012 was really kind of the the punching time. <laughs> it was leading up from 2008 for like four right. years. Like it was cocking back to punch me. And in 2012, it punched me in the face and I said, wow, what, what do I want to do? Like, what am I going to do with my, you know, what am I going to do with my life? I got three kids. What do I want to show them? What do I want to show me and what's important? So I, uh, at the time I was working for Chipotle corporate office and, uh, I was building Chipotle's all across the country and in Europe and I loved it. And, but it wasn't really feeding my soul. And I went to wish for wheels full time in 2014, 15 ish. And, uh, said, well, let's, let's see if we, let's see how many bikes we can really give away. Let's see how many kids we can really impact. And we went from about a hundred to 200 kids a year, maybe, uh, to, uh, about 7,000 a year. Wow. That is amazing. That's such a cool story. It's pretty good. Yeah. We're still going. uh, I mean, we're not going anywhere. Yeah. I love the, the, the scrappiness of it at the start where you're just asking everybody to to chip in. That's, that's super cool. Yeah. Thank you. We're back. I mean, I think that COVID has really knocked us on our butts and uh, we're back to being scrappy. It's time to start being scrappy again. Right. Um, you know, things are very different than they were. We're definitely not going to do 7,000 kids this year. Um, I'm, I'm hoping that we can get to 2,500 kids, but there are no bikes to buy. I can't even yep. find, I can't even find a bike to buy. Yeah. I ordered 2,500 bikes from Huffy in March and okay. the boat is still not here. Yeah it's this weird convergence of all this stuff kind of coming together at, at once where you had this supply chain problem coupled with, um, you know, coupled with shipping problems, coupled with everybody and their, and their brother wanting to, wanting a new bike. And yeah. that all just yeah. kind of, kind of like all came together at once. It's, it's, it's gotta yeah. be pretty frustrating, but I'm, it's, it's the perfect storm across the board, not just for wish for wheels, but for everybody. Yeah. So what have, what have you guys done in the past that's worked and what, what was your kind of go-to move? Um, we'll talk about donors first, I guess. Uh, and then, and then what, you know, what, what looks scrappy to you? How does that, how does that look? Yeah. So, you know, Wish for Wheels really evolved and grew up a lot. We, you know, for a long time, we were just giving away bikes for a long time. We were giving away bikes to kindergarten, first and second, and we really evolved into only second graders and we, we evolved to second grade for a lot of reasons. One is it's the earliest age that parents will really let their kid go outside, mm-hmm. ride with their friends. 
first graders still too young, especially in September of first grade, you're still a kindergartner, right? Mm -hmm. Fall, you know, spring of first grade, you're now more of a first grader, but you're still pretty young, right? So, you know, fall of second grade, you're still kind of a first grader, but you've matured a little bit. And, and summers, as you're out there, you're getting more mature. So as you're getting older and that second grade year is like that sweet spot, right? So the bike lasts three years, parents let their kids ride together in groups. Second graders are a little older, a little more responsible, that type of thing happens. And it's two years before the national average of a kid getting their own device, whether it's a phone or an, or a pad of some sort, okay. the national average is 10. So we're about two years before that. So we're trying to sneak in before that. And then at the same time, we started working with school districts and we really started qualifying what we were doing. You know, we started talking to school districts about tracking map testing, attendance, playground usage, behavior. We heard from Denver Park, Parks and Rec that, Parks that haven't been used in years are now seeing an influx of kids on bikes as we're focused in certain areas and that Denver Parks and Rec are now going in and rehabbing these parks and getting kids to use them more and being outside more. We've seen attendance jump like the next day attendance jumps like 20% because every kid's got a bike right? Every kid's got a way to school. And Uh sometimes the kids don't have a way to school. Their parents, you know, their parents either don't have a car, don't have money for gas. Parent doesn't want to drive them. They don't qualify for busing because they're too close to school. So that gives us an opportunity to get in there. And then we really, and then we started rolling out something called Beyond the Bell, which was an after school program to teach bike maintenance. And we started talking to a lot of faculty and administrative staff to to say, who's, you know, can you guys teach this? Can this be a club in the afternoon? Um, And we even had a great idea of, utilizing local police departments to come in and run this after STEM based after school program beyond the bell and integrate within the communities. And then COVID hit, right? Mm -hmm. So all of that went away, you know, people are unsure of the police. They're not really sure what's happening in schools. So our scrappiness is really about finding bikes because in the past, we used to call Huffy on the, on a Monday and be like, Hey, we need 800 bikes. And by Friday we'd have 800 bikes in our warehouse. No problem. Right. Right. Easily. Right. Sometimes by Wednesday, we'd have 800 bikes. Um, and now we have a shortage of that. So we've, we've gotten really scrappy where we, you know, bike manufacturers are, are creating custom orders and saying, if you want 2,500 bikes, you need to buy 2,500 bikes right now and we will ship you 2,500 bikes. Okay. And that's really daunting to a, a nonprofit like Wish Wheels because our cash flow doesn't allow us for to buy 2,500 bikes. Plus, where do we put them? You know, mm-hmm. where do they go? Mm-hmm. You know, we're grateful we have a... So we got really scrappy, um, you know, while this whole thing was going down. We found an amazing partner to give us tremendous warehouse space, which is American Furniture Warehouse at 92nd of Wadsworth. Please go shop there. We uh, we have about 5,000 square feet in this in, in their warehouse now. And oh, we have other upper storage and our trucks live there and... Uh, they're incredibly generous. So we've gotten scrappy where we can now do bike builds in the warehouse at AFW. We can store, we're going to store 2,500 bikes there. And then we found an amazing family foundation to basically give us essentially a no interest loan 
on the money that they're going to lend us to buy for us to buy these 2,500 bikes. So we're super grateful for this family foundation and, and uh, they're going to, you know, that way we can buy 2,500 bikes at a time. We have enough storage space and we're just going to start putting on bike builds. We've already started again. We got, you know, we're we're shooting for 400 this weekend. We just built a hundred bikes last week with DF corporation, built another 30 bikes with BOA technologies. Mm -hmm. So we're, we're chipping away at it and we have bike builds coming up all through the fall heading into winter as well. Um, you know, we can do up to 10 people inside our warehouse. Okay. 25 bikes or more, we go, we come to your location, we can do it in a parking lot, socially mm-hmm. distanced. We have, you know, thermometers and, you know, you know, logs and things like that. And, <laughs> right. and hand sanitizer and masks where we're That's all great. doctors. That's great. What, yeah. um, so, <clears throat> so in terms of, I'm sure your donation mechanism is, is messed up a bit too. What, Hmm. What what does that what does that look like for you guys either this year or or going into twenty twenty one? Yeah, so you know it, it hurt. I mean, we uh, we laid everybody off, including myself, at Wish for Wheels when this when this thing went down, and uh, unfortunately now I am the only employee at Wish. I just came back September first, and uh, we are all um, you know. Unfortunately, my team. I, I'm 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 hopeful and grateful that I've I've heard some have found found new gigs, but I hope they're all doing well because we had an amazing team of six at Wish Wheels. I mean, we were an incredible group, all supporting each other, empowering, and and everyone was really stellar. I mean, couldn't ask for a better group. But we had to let everybody go. It was mm-hmm. a really difficult time, and uh, the goal now is just to you know let's just keep going. And if we do a hundred kids a year, fine. If, if we do a thousand kids, great. If we can get up back up, let's, you know, we're going to inch our way back up. But the, the challenge is we're funded by companies. So instead of asking Stu every year for money, which is fine, but it's still what I call the roller coaster cycle, donors right. and grants get to a roller coaster cycle, selling bikes to companies and engaging them within their community and keeps them as a partner. Mm-hmm. And gives them as much as they give us. Right. So the, it's a symbiotic partnership, but we work for them and, and, you know, we'll do this for them, but team building, employee engagement events, those type of events are, are fewer and far between now because companies don't want to get together, but when they do want to get together or when they can, uh, you know, they think of us. So, uh, we're being really scrappy about that part. And then we're also being scrappy about what we're doing to drop bikes off at schools. You know, we used to come over and I would meet little Stu and I would fit right. Stu's helmet. I would put Stu's helmet on and then I teach Stu how to ride a bike and we do an obstacle course or we, you know, whatever that is. Now we're just dropping bikes off and we're stepping back and waving. Right. And, uh, you know, we're still, in, we're still sa- saying hi to the kids, but we're not as intimate as, you know, as we had been in the past. Right. But that'll shift as well. That'll change. I mean, it's just going to take however long it's going to take. <laughs> right. But the most important part is that kids are getting on bikes. Yeah, so, absolutely. You know, and these kids are riding. That's great. Um, you know, I think well-being. That, yeah, I think the, the bike is that first entree to freedom, right? As a, as a kid. That's probably why when you shared that story earlier of the guy who would bring all, all sorts of gifts and the bike was the first thing to go, you know, it's like, it's kind of like getting a car 
<clears throat> when you first get your driver's license, like that, that is, just, that's not, that's a symbol of freedom, right? That's, that's yeah. growing up, you know, that's a, a milestone and, and this, yeah, this inspirational moment. Um, so yeah, I, I freedom, completely right? see why kids are, are still jazzed on it. And it's awesome that you guys are, are filling that need. So, okay. So you're currently uh, an army of one <clears throat> doing all the things, you know, what, uh, some of it I'm really bad at. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, I think noticing and, and understanding that we can't be fantastic at everything is the first step. I, you know, what I, I joke that, that the first thing that you should off offload is the thing that you hate and are, are terrible at. And so Yes. You know, I'm always looking for those things that, that I'm get really frustrated when I'm doing them and I know that I'm not good at them. So, um, yes, QuickBooks. Yeah. Well, that's funny QuickBooks. that you mentioned that. That that's was the amazing. first thing that QuickBooks. I ditched as well. So, right. Um, yeah. QuickBooks, right. Please be gone. Be gone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's not QuickBooks' fault. It's, uh, it's, I'm just not, it's not how my mind works. Um, Right. Yeah, I, I'm like you. I, my mind does not work that way at all. Yeah. So, um, so in terms of all the things that you, that you need to do, it sounds like getting back in front of the right corporate opportunities is, is on your list. Um, and, and engaging, mm -hmm. engaging those people. Is that kind of the first, first thing that you're trying to do every day? Is that what's keeping you up at night? Like how, do, how do I get, get in front of these guys? Yeah, it's it's kind of a hurry up and wait game is, mm -hmm. you know, what I still call it because if tomorrow we had 100 companies line up and they all wanted to build bikes with us, I, I don't have anything for them to build yet. Right. I'm still waiting. So I'm kind of waiting. I'm I'm seeding I'm I'm talking to our previous partners and new partners that are that are finding us. And we're talking about logistics and everybody is really patient with what we're doing. Some, some companies say, well, look, we, we want to do something no matter what. So if you don't have bikes, we're going to move on to the next thing, but come, you know, let us know when you get bikes. Right. Um, but yeah, and it's been super challenging. I mean, I had, I was supposed to, I had ordered an additional 300 bikes from a different company mm -hmm. and it's not even their fault either, but they, you know, my bikes were, the bikes were supposed to be here last week. And the boat hasn't even left China. Okay. So I just found out last week, you know, that the boat hasn't even left right. and that they're, they're working on it. So now they're delayed and, and I only have 300 bikes of, on this one boat, right? right? They have 30,000 bikes or however many bikes they've ordered. Right. So they have a lot of, you know, so we're, we're working on it the best we can, but there's a, you know, there's a lot of challenges, a lot of things out of my control. Um, we have some bikes, you know, we were, we were grateful and we kind of hail married at the end where Huffy had 800 bikes left in their inventory in March right. and we bought them. You're like, okay. just send them to us. We'll take them. Right. So we have about 800 bikes, you know, 400 of them are going up to Fort Collins this weekend. Right. Um, you know, 115 went to VF last week, 30 went to Boic Technologies, and we're working on other builds throughout the, throughout the next couple of months. So, um, you know, we're just talking to partners and seeing what we can do and figure out what our next step is. Yeah, it's interesting. I'm trying to trying to think of some ideas. I mean, the, you know, the first thing that comes yeah. to mind is is goes back to, um, you know, bike maintenance and repair, and see how perhaps we could get 
some of those bikes that maybe the kids are aging out of. And instead of those bikes, just, you know, leaning against a garage wall somewhere for however long and then getting donated to some, you know, to Goodwill or something, how, how we could get those recycled. Um, you know, I know that's a little, a little bit against what you're doing in terms of, of really, I, I think that, I'm guessing, uh, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I'm guessing the, the, the component of a new bike for a lot of these kids, that this may be one of the first new things that they've ever, ever mm-hmm. gotten that's, that's theirs. That's they're the first, yeah. you know, they're the first button, the button that, on that seat. Yeah. Ever gotten. yeah. Like literally the most expensive gift they've ever received from right. the majority of these kids. And the new bike is, is kind of a milestone, right? It's you're in second grade, you're getting a brand new bike, and a brand new helmet and that is built and given to you today and it is this milestone of it but you know we have to pivot and the whole goal is to get kids riding right right day day two the bike is as used as (laughs) a two-year-old bike right right it's only on day one right so once you get to day two you're like i got a bike woo yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) so so that you know though in terms of of just tactical things that you guys might see if there's a a mechanism for it'd be mm-hmm. you know reaching back out to some of those bikes that that you say you know have that that three year lifespan and see how we could extend that um and I don't know what kind of data you collect to to be able to get in touch with with some of these recipients um but but certainly one of the things that we talk about a lot with clients is you know what's working and go back to that well. Um, you know, right. if, if you've gotten water out of a certain well, let's, let's keep, let's go back to it because we know that, 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 that works. And so just thinking about, you know, some of your assets, one, one of which could be, could be some of these people that you gave bikes to, you know, 14 years ago. So 16 years ago is when you started, you know, getting back with those people because they're, they're going to be 24 year olds now. Right. In that mm. range so they might be wow. they might be Never in corporate really thought about those corporate people. situations um where either this was this big inspirational thing for them and so they understand the value of the program and i you know i get the the challenges that you're facing is a, there's a supply line challenge where even if you had the money you wouldn't be able to do anything with it because there are no bikes available right, but right. but really just trying to figure out how how to fuel some long-term gains and, and, you know, and, and leverage some of that relationship stuff that you've, that you've created for, for people for the last 16 years. Yeah. I think our, I think for us, our next big piece is, you know, I, I love that idea. And, and I, and like my eyes lit up when you said, wow, they're like 24 now. I like, I'm like, wow, makes me even older. But um, the, I, like I would love to be able to connect to those people and find one or two that we of those original people we gave bikes to yeah. and really hear what that story was like and hear that journey. That could be really exciting. Yeah. And then kind of our beyond the bell program is really where we're teeing it up this year. You know, this falls, we're really tr- talking to districts and reaching out and understanding how are the, how are these kids coming to school? Because all the kids that we gave bikes to last year, those second graders are now riding their bikes to school to be third graders. Right. 
And same thing two years ago. Now they're in fourth grade and they're also in fifth grade. So beyond the bell isn't really just geared for second graders. It's, it's a STEM based after school program geared around STEM education and well-being. So how do we keep that going, keep that mechanism moving and keep those bikes turning? Like, you know, if we can teach a kid how to change a flat, Mm -hmm. that's 95% of the challenge right there. Because once these kids get a flat, they think their bike's broken. I need a whole new bike. This whole, I'm going to throw the whole thing away Right? because they don't know. They don't know how to fix it. So we're really trying to reach out to districts and and keep that conversation alive too. Um, But some of the districts are just overwhelmed. You know, they're, they're, they're so busy cleaning and prepping for the next hour that they're like, well, we, we don't really, we can't support that yet. Right. So it's, uh, it's a challenge, but I, you know, the, the key is just keep encouraging people to ride bikes. Right. And we're, we're still out there doing that and we're, we're still promoting a lot of that. Yeah. That's awesome. I know. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot of really great things that I think can come of this. Um, and and just getting, just getting people on bikes, I think super important. Uh, I know it's been a big part of my, of my growing up. Um, you know, I, that, I ride bikes at least twice a week with, with all my, all my friends up here in the woods. So it's, right. you know, and I'm 51 years old, so it's been something that I, I know I want to come up there and ride bikes with you guys in the woods too. Oh, you should come up. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be super fun. Cause uh, yeah, yeah. mountain's my favorite. I'm really a mountain biker that pretends extremely poorly to be a road biker. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, I, I don't even pretend anymore. I, I used to race road, but, uh, <laughs> but I, you know, frankly, the, you know, the, the devices that people are constantly looking at these days keeps me a little wary of, of the road. Although this year that if there's one, one bright spot to, to the pandemic stuff, it's the, the, the car traffic is, was, has been way down this year. So that's been great. It has. And I think people are um, paying a little more attention on the road because they're not in as much of a rush anymore and they don't really have a meeting that they have to get to or the next appointment or whatever right. that is that they're just kind of, you know, driving and that's what they're doing. And, and in March, it was amazing. Like March and yeah. April, there was like no one on the road at yeah, all. That's what I heard. It was fantastic, especially because, you know, I, li- I live at Hamden and I-25, so I'm down okay. in, in the tech center area and there's, you know, I, I try to ride my bike wherever I can go down here, but it's, it's challenging. I mean, there's a lot, even in protected lanes, you know, you still have people drifting over or honking at you, tell you to roll down the window, get out of the way. Right. I, I'm, I'm in the bike lane. How can <laughs> I possibly get out of your way anymore? Right. Right. <laughs> right? That's a, yeah. Mean, it's amazing. It's amazing. I hope right. you know. get on the sidewalk. I love yeah. that one. Yeah. Get that's on a the good one sidewalk. Too. That's for walking. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's why it's called a sidewalk. <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, people are funny. Yeah. But, no. So, so it sounds so, like you guys uh, are on track for about a thousand bikes this year. Oh, no, we're shooting. The goal is 2,500. Okay. So we're, uh, we're shooting for 2,500 for this. So our year 
you know, we don't do a, we don't do a calendar year. We do a okay. school calendar year. Okay. So our year starts in, you know, starts July 1st through June 30th. So we follow the school school calendar. Okay. Cool. So that way, because, because the second grade class is who we're giving to. So the goal is from September 1st through June 1st, mm-hmm. uh, you know, so through June, 2021, the goal is 2,500 bikes. Okay. And you know, we've done 130 so far. So we're going to do another 400 this weekend, yeah, which is going to be great. Triple that this and, weekend. Uh, we are going to triple that this weekend, but we have, you know, again, it's, it's, it's the piece of the bikes and we do have some bikes in inventory that have already been funded. We're just waiting on fulfilling those orders. Okay. So 107 bikes go to, goes out to Cummins in Las Vegas, 80 bikes stays for Cummins in Commerce City, we have uh, another group out in LA called Cal CPA, their CPA membership firm. They got another hundred bikes. Um, Occidental Petroleum's got about six hundred bikes in our warehouse, waiting for the, for us to do bike a bike build in up in Gilchrist and Weld County here in Colorado, and then down in Midland, Texas. We're going to go with Oxy, and uh, so we have some bikes that you know we're floating around and we're moving around, um, and we've already pre-bought all those bikes. So, okay. which we were super grateful for as well, because now we can deliver on with our partners. And those are in your warehouse. They're not on a, on a boat somewhere. No, they're sitting in our warehouse. Okay. Surrounded great. by armed okay. guards, <laughs> armed guards now <laughs> protecting nice. bikes because bikes are so scarce. <laughs> nice. Well, <laughs> that's awesome. Um, interesting. Right. Yeah. There's a, you know, there's a lot of cart horse stuff here where, you know, you, it sounds like you still have the demand from the corporate side. And, and certainly that's, that may have, have trailed off a little bit based upon, um, you know, the inability for them to get teams together to do, to do team building stuff. But it sounds like you still have that, that demand is still there. It's the, it's the fulfillment piece that's, that's become the challenge. Is, have you, you know, do, do you have a good idea or a feel for what the, what the challenges are on, on that end? Is it everything all the way back to, to steel production? That's, that's a problem or is it? Um, yeah, I think it's all of it. I think that's actually a really good point is that, um, these, you know, they, they want to, all these companies want to fulfill on these orders, but it really is based on parts. Someone mm-hmm. said to me, they're like, well, what? just let's build bikes in the U.S. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, you still got to get parts. Like, you still got to be able to get yeah. a wheel. You got to get the rim. You got to get the, the, you know, the steel for the bike. You got to weld it up. It's, it's all those part, pieces and parts that have to get built along the way. So I think that that's part of it. And I also think that there was, from my understanding, and I'm definitely not an expert on any of this, so, but from my understanding, it was Chinese New Year, which, you know, the Chinese take off for, you know, four to six weeks for Chinese new year. And then COVID hit at the exact time as Chinese new year was ending. Right. So that then put more people out of, out of work in the, in the factories and where they're producing stuff. So then that happened. Then you have the trade, um, you know, embargo going Mm -hmm. on with, you know, all, all these, you know, there's, additional costs and all that's going up. So people are sourcing from other places and then that was happening. And then there was a huge, a mad rush on bikes, right? Like literally you go into a target and they're empty. 
Like you used right. to be able to go to like any Target, any Walmart and pick up a Huffy. No yeah. problem. That was right. super easy. And they sold out of everything. And there was, um, and I think it was uh, John Burke over at Trek who was talking about this, how he, uh, when, when COVID hit, all the people at Trek went into like this emergency, you know, freak out meeting, right? Like everyone's <laughs> freaking out, coming to this meeting. And uh, they were like, oh my God, the, the market's going to tank. Like no one's going to buy bikes. Our numbers are going to be off 40%, 50%. Everything's going to happen. Da, da, da. And then all of a sudden everybody sold everything in there. And, and right. then they had another freak out meeting where they're like, we're out of everything. What do we right. do? <laughs> right. right? So, you know, the pandemic, everybody responded opposite of what everyone thought was going to happen. Right, which which caused even more problems in, in a lot of respects. If everyone had just, right. you know, not bought anything, then we'd probably be back to some sort of normalcy now. But, but right, you know, everybody went out. And, <laughs> yeah. and even like, like, and, you know, you'll resonate with this, but people were yanking old bikes out of their basement, out of their garage. Like, um, I got a call from VeloFix and they're a partner of ours and they're a mobile bike shop. And Trent's like, Hey, would you happen to have any 26 inch tubes? I know it's wow. a long shot, but you know, everyone's out of two, 26 inch tubes. You can't get it. You first of all, you can't get a tube, let right. alone a 26 inch tube when this whole thing happened. And I was like, yeah, I have like two cases of those. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, was like, funny. yeah, you can have, like you can have them no problem because you know, we're not someone, get, someone donated them to us a long time ago right. and we don't use that size. So I, and, and what was I going to do with that? It's not like I could even use it personally or amongst right. my friends or anybody else. And so Wish was very happy to pay that forward. But we, uh, it was such a weird thing because he was like, there's all these 26 inch mountain bikes now showing up. Wow. That's interesting. Yeah, that's really funny. I, you know, I was thinking about my, I used to have a, a huge pile of used tubes and, and a vast majority of them were, were 26 inches because these were all back yeah. in the day. And I don't have that pile anymore because I, eventually I was like, why am I, why am I saving all of these? I need to get rid of this. Because today you need them still. Yeah, exactly. It just, yeah, it just feeds, our, good. feeds our hoarding <laughs> yeah, gene thing. I, uh, Right, exactly. All that stuff. I mean, I I had a whole pile of uh, of road tubes, yep. and I was like, I'm never going to patch these. This is silly. And I donated them to. Uh, I think I donated them over at Lucky Bikes, right. and uh, then I then I went to buy a road tube, and I couldn't even get a road tube. Yep. And I was like, oh man, I just got rid of like 15 tubes that I was never going to patch. Too bad. Right. I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's funny the things and that's that that confirmation bias thing that happens where you don't remember the the thousand times you got rid of something and no one no one wanted you didn't need it again right. you only remember the right. times that you got rid of the thing that then you need so i know so, that's, that those are the ones that hurt the most yeah so we you know, we're, we're doing I'm, I'm super grateful for where wishes we are uh we're you know financially strong to to weather this we're going to do about 2,500 kids this year, hopefully more um, as bikes hopefully open up and, you know, come maybe January, February, they'll just be in a better flow. And uh, we're just going to start cranking out bikes and keep get, keep kids riding and, and uh, ride, at, you know, we're going to ride through this storm until we get back to where we were right. with, a, with a team and giving away 7,000 bikes. I mean, we went into, you know, come, we we were so excited for 2020. We had, you know, 
we were we were we were on our way to blowing this thing up. We were mm-hmm. on a huge mission. We had just in February of 2020, we had just finished an incredible board and team retreat where we, you know, the whole goal was to get to all 12,000 kids in the Denver Front Range area in the right. five counties. And that was our goal this year. And we were headed towards there and we were excited about it. And we had like a, a whole strategic plan around that. And then, you know, that we're going to get back to that. That's great. I, I, I admire your enthusiasm for sure. I guess I have one other supply chain question is that do, do the big, so I know at one point you guys were partnered with Walmart. You may still be. Um, yeah, we're still a great partner with Walmart. Do, they're super, super helpful. Yeah. Do those guys have pull in terms of, you know, cause they're ordering, you know, hundreds of thousands of these probably, I don't know. How many, yeah. how many of these types of bikes they're ordering in any given year? They're also out of stock. Yeah. So and they retail don't have, gets first. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So retail goes first and then nonprofits. Right. So, you know, Huffy and Kent, um, the two big, two big companies. So they supply retail first and then okay. they'll supply us. Gotcha. So, you know, I'm grateful that Wish Wheels buys, we buy a lot of bikes. So right. I think we're up there in terms of on the list that, you know, we're not, we're not down at the bottom of the list. We're probably won't, you know, on in the top of the nonprofit lists mm-hmm. because we buy so many bikes, but we're definitely behind Walmart, Target, Amazon, all the big, right. all the big people because retail goes first, but you know, Walmart's been, Walmart's still a great partner of ours. I'm so grateful for them. They, uh, you know, we have about 200 bikes in the warehouse for them as well. Okay. Um, we're going to go to Texas with them. We're going to go to Bentonville with them. So right. we're excited about doing that when that all opens up. And they allow us to ship bikes to any Walmart in the U.S. so that we're able to pick them up there. So, okay. you know, when bikes are flowing, we'll oh. order through through Huffy and, mm-hmm. and Walmart and we'll go to a, a Walmart and wherever and pick up bikes. So, so you don't have to drive um, them from Denver to to Bentonville or wherever. Mm-hmm. That's great. Yeah, we uh, actually, it was, <laughs> we have a great partner in Hawaii um, and uh, they have done now two bike builds with us. And both times I was supposed to fly to Hawaii and something mishap that didn't allow me to. So the second time was COVID and I was like, ah, I missed it. And I just missed it in December. I was supposed <laughs> to go and now, and, you know, in April and blah, 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 but you know, we shipped all of our bikes to a Walmart in, uh, in, uh, Honolulu. That's awesome. So they just drop shipped direct to that, to that Walmart instead of shipping to you and then having you have to ship to them. Right. That's great. Yep. Yeah. So uh, thank you. Thank you very much, Walmart. Yeah. You guys are That's environmentally awesome too, because you didn't waste all the, all the fuel to get that, get all that, around the country right yeah right it goes right to where we need it and then we pick it up i mean i've done it in boston we did it in seattle i've done it in kansas city we did it you know we do it in midland texas that's how we get all of our bikes down to midland um you know we've done it in phoenix we've been to about 15 different states so we're excited about that we did this really cool project okay. one year with a, with a company where we we built bikes. They had locations from from New York and Florida all the way to Hawaii, and we did a a time zone bike build where they had you know they were doing about two hundred bikes in in about five different locations across the U.S. 
and we were street live streaming this bike build from New York to Hawaii across the time zones. It was super cool. That's awesome. Yeah, That's and they super were building creative. bikes, then driving to the school, and then you could see it as you were tracking it across the board. It was really cool. That's neat. Yeah. That's that's super cool. Yeah, I think yeah. And, you, know, you know, and and the the people who win are the kids, right? Right. So you know, we've heard we keep hearing amazing stories from parents and from kids about how they feel on their bike, that they just feel better, they're happier, they're moving, the joy is back. Um, you know, parents and schools and, and physical activity is so important, especially for kids, let alone for adults. But, you know, it's been proven over and over again that kids academically will do better with physical movement as well. Right. Yeah, There's absolutely. a school in New York city that has, that takes dropout kit, dropout high school kids and brings them into this curriculum where they exercise first thing in the morning, they go to school, they exercise at noon, they go to school, they exercise before they go home. And every kid in that school is on track now to go to college. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. That's really fantastic. Those are great stories to hear. Yeah. I think that the, you know, one thing that, I, that keeps coming to my mind is how in the absence of new bikes, can, can you guys get back in front of, of some of these kids? So just, just merely thinking of the kid angle and certainly there's, there's some donation angle stuff here too. But essentially, you know, if you if we could get a a team building exercise that was focused more on repairing bikes, and I'm I'm coming I'm also thinking of it from the angle of there are a bunch of bike mechanics right now who who are you know who normally would be on on team tours that maybe are you know they're starting to happen mm-hmm. again, but uh, yeah. certainly that's been disrupted this year. But but yeah. you know if if we could get in front of those guys and gals and, and get kids whose bikes maybe aren't functioning quite right to come in for, for like a tune-up kind of deal, train up the, uh, train up the team, um, for team building. So they get to learn how to, how to fix a bike and then have them working on some of these, some of these bikes that, you know, maybe need a, a flat repaired or, or need a chain oiled or, you know, headset reset or, uh, you know, the bottom brackets coming loose or whatever. You know, the bikes yep. that you guys are, are giving away are not overly complex in terms of, of uh, their build. Yeah, super simple. So, um, super simple. So that there's might be an idea too. Trailers, there's no cable routing. Yeah. It's a single speed coaster brake, 20 yeah. inch bike. Yeah. That's bomb proof. Right. <laughs> throw that thing off a route, throw that thing off a, off a building and get on it. And the wheels are still true. Right. Yep. <laughs> Those things are bomb proof. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, no, I love that idea. I mean, I think it could be really cool to do something, especially this fall, you know, where you, where you can run kind of a, where you can get some people together and say, Hey, from this day, from these hours on this day, from these hours, bring your bike and we'll help you tune it. Right. Right. And just keep more bikes rolling. You know, I right. think that's, that's a great initiative. I mean, we're happy to be behind that. I don't think that's, that's our, that's definitely not our forte. Right. We could easily put together an event like that, but we would need a lot of support and we would, you know, we'd like, we'd look to other nonprofits to help support that. You know, it could be like a, a bike day where we all get together, whether it's wish for wheels, community cycles, you know, 
you know, get Mike Friedman out there. I mean, yeah. Imba, right? Peddling you know, lines, Imba, yeah. right? Um, yeah, I love that. Let's get let's get Dave up here. Um, so, um, we, you know, that sounds like a great idea. So, you know, just to promote that, just to promote biking and promote right. what that looks like, I think sounds like a great idea. Yeah. Well, right. and, uh, and, and even Kate Rao, like at, you know, Colorado high school mountain bike league, cause all those kids need hours. Yep. So how do we get them volunteer hours to help do that? And, and then maybe we, you know, leverage some other partners and we find tubes and, you know, bring in whatever that is. And it's just called bike tune day, whatever it is, you yeah. know, the great Colorado bike tune up day. Yeah. And maybe you could get, you know, go get everybody at mile high or someplace and do it in the parking lot out there. Mm-hmm. Um, like you know, just idea. like a central location kind of thing. Um, and right. then you can set right. up a course Come on there. By, we'll tune your bike. Yeah. And then go for a ride around the, around the, <laughs> the stadium or something. Right. Right. I like that idea. Yeah. I mean, it's a um, challenge yeah, in this and, time for sure. You know, it is, it is. And it's a challenge for, you know, for lots of nonprofits. Yeah. Yeah. I think just getting creative and like you said early on, just being really scrappy about it and seeing how to, how to influence it. I think it's great. Yeah. So that, that was a fun conversation. I appreciate you hopping on with me. Um, one, one thing I like to ask is, is, uh, in terms of action items, I'm, I'm, I'm really passionate about giving people something to do. Um, and, uh, and so, you know, if you had one action item, uh, that you'd want people to take after listening to, to the show here, what, what would that be? I would say my one action item is to offer grace to someone else on a bicycle. So when you see someone else riding, if they're not as good as you, they don't have the skill you have, or you could offer adv- advice, grace, encouragement, uh, woohoo, you know, whatever it is, that that levels the playing field for everybody to feel comfortable. I think that in the biking world, whether you are an, an elitist, an athlete, a racer, whatever you are, um, we, we make judgments against others. Like I'm a huge fan of e-bikes. I think there's a whole market for them. I make, you know, I think that they open up a whole new category. I think they, they'll also keep certain rides alive that may not be, you know, organized rides, things like that. Um, and I've heard a lot of people disparage them. They say, Oh, that's not a real bike. Well, that may not be a real bike to you, but it's allowing that other person to bike. So offer grace, right? If you see someone on a trail or on a road and they seem to be struggling and you can help them, Hey, pull your knee in a little bit more. You're, you know, you're weaving it out. Uh, look right. five feet ahead of you. Use your arms. Uh, can I help you get over that log? Uh, you're doing a great job. You're seeing a kid starting to learn, give them, you know, kudos. It's amazing to me that, and I see it all the time where we go and give away bikes to these second graders and all these people are, have like so much encouragement and love and grace to this kid that they don't even know. Mm-hmm. And then their friend isn't as good as them. And then they make fun of their friend. <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> like, 
like you just gave your this like total stranger kid like so much love and grace and then you know look what what else or you know that oh, that person on the on the road was so slow I, I had to get around them to offer them grace you don't know right. what their story is and maybe they just need a little help or offer them a wheel that they can that you can pull them with a little bit right. Right. so you know let's go back to being human i love it i love it thanks a ton and uh, wishforwheels.org is where people can find you and your organization. Wheels.org. And um, you guys are doing some great stuff. A website stuff. That, was, that, that has been maintained by an amazing company called Bellish. <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate that. So thank you. We, we love working with you guys. So um, yeah. thanks for being on the show. I really appreciate it. And um, go ride a bike. Yeah, that's what I'm doing this afternoon. I love that it. Sounds great. Thanks, Stu, thank and you. thank you very much. Have a I'll great talk. rest of the rest of the Tuesday. I'll talk to you soon. All right, bye bye. Bye. All right, there you have it. Another episode of Relish to This, the nonprofit marketing podcast. If you want to continue the conversation and see how we can unearth some gold for your organization, head over to relishstudio.com/podcast to sign up to be a guest on the show. That's it for this week. Thanks for listening. We'll be back soon with another episode of Relish This.